Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now radio check. Now radio check. Four hundred. Half hour is to go. 50,000 watts. Oh, that sound is beautiful. This is Bradley J. on that control. WBZ, you are Jay talking live midnight to five, and it is Friday. It's been a good week, very good week with you, my friends. Going to have a perfect Friday topic tonight, perfect Friday guest, perfect Friday book. Stephanie Choro is with us, Drinking Boston, the history, a history of the city and its spirits. Thank you for coming in again. Oh, this is trip you number so much. three, yeah. right? Um, three or four, something like wow. that. Wow. I'm losing track. <laughs> so this is really, so how many books do you have that we can do? Um, well, I've written, uh, let's see, I've written seven books, seven or All right. something like that. So This one's. A, this was a fun yeah. book to prepare. It's a fun one to write, correct? Well, well yeah, it's a, it, and it has cocktail recipes in it, too, it so does. it's actually useful. It has a bar guide, it has a social history, and it has cocktail recipes. Yes. And some uh, cocktail recipes are ancient, right, from the Revolutionary period? Yeah, they're, they're really old. We, in fact, uh, okay. go way back. So right in the beginning, you thank your parents for teaching you moderation. Are you moderate? Do they teach you moderation? <laughs> My mom is is very moderate. And she taught uh, you that? Uh, she tried. She and, tried. <laughs> and, and exuberance. Did they teach you it's that? A, and that, yeah. My dad was an exuberant fellow, so um, so I, well, I I wanted to I wanted to get they they're long divorced, but I wanted to get them in the same paragraph, same sentence together because um, we had a, we had a great time together as family when they weren't fighting. It was fabulous. So. That's nice. Okay, and you start with the taverns of old Boston, and this. Mm-hmm. There are three major parts we'll get to, and this is one of my favorites. I love the Revolutionary Period. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of cool maps in here I want to talk about. But first, I guess, can you run through what the – just examples of some names of the cool Revolutionary-era bars. Really well, cool names. Yeah, well, the best one was the Green Dragon, and that was the one where uh, a lot of uh, the revolutionaries used to gather to um, – uh, Plot Revolution. Uh, that was a place where they went in, went to play. So where was the original real Green Dragon it, exactly? It's important for me to well, know where it was. It's kind of in the area behind the um, Holocaust Museum in that row of old. Um, well, that's where it is now. Yeah, but it was. It's not in that spot, but it was in that area. It's not. It was in a different spot in that area. So on the so same street, were, kind of. But it's sort of in the same street. Things. See, the problem with trying to locate things was things were a lot different because the the water came up 
Yep. Very close. So it's kind of hard to figure out. And, and actually, it's kind of hard to, f- to figure out exactly where it, w- it was because even the old maps are not that um, right. specific. But it was in that area. So um, it's, as you know, I'm guessing that since you know that the water, the water came up real close. Right. They're in the, in the cement and the concrete an artist has etched yes. Yes. as best he or she could where the water line was. And the water line goes right through that right Marshall in front Street. Of the sta- right in front of the statue of, I yep. think that's Kevin Sam White? Adam, oh, no, no, Sam Adam, the guy in horseback. Okay. Right there. But yeah, right in the, and a lot of people don't look at it, but it is amazing. She's put in, I think it's a she that's put in the, um, the, the shoreline and there's little images of shellfish and things like that. So, Which is extremely interesting because you realize that all these buildings were right at the beach, right at the right. edge of the water, maybe right, right. 100 feet max, 50 feet, 20 feet, right there. Well, Boston was a seaport town. Boom. I mean, we tend to forget it, especially you like if you go to the seaport today, you won't even see this, the sea. I mean, there's so many tall buildings right. there. That's one of the problems with that whole area, that development. But we, uh, we really developed as a city because we had this really – uh, great access to water and then to Europe. And Europe was the next stop. Get on a boat, next stop, Europe. So you would get off the boat there, and the bars would be probably right right across the street. Right, right. right. They're right when you get into town. So the Green Dragon, was that a known hangout for revolutionaries? And it, was do, a no, it was for the Patriots, the, the, what they would call the Patriots, not the football kind, but right. the— but the um, the sons of plot, liberty, the sons of liberty, the people who are plotting against the crown would hang out there. I mean, the thing about these old taverns, these ordinaries that they used to call that they they were more than just taverns. They were inns. Uh, there were there were some of the warm places you could gather. They had court there. Um, yeah, I was going to get to yeah, that. Yeah. So the the blue the blue anchor, um, they would have court sessions there. And so they were they were really more part of the community. They weren't kind of this, oh, that's the that's the tavern where the bad people go. No, it was where everybody yeah, went. Yeah, it's where you, if you weren't in your home, yeah. you would go there. You would go there. And that's where people it was warmer. Um, you would have to share a seat. A lot of the, there weren't a lot of seats, so people would sit right You'd next have to, to each other. Like two guys would have to sit in the same, same seat. Same seat, like yeah. Stick your yeah. bottom right next to some right. other dude. Right. And the the word you tell now I did my research. <laughs> Caucus comes from the word cockers because a lot of the shipbuilding people, including the people who would cock the cracks, right. C-A-U-L-K, yeah. would go there and Jabber they were called and cockers. Talk, yeah. And so caucus came from it that, at least according that. to your book. Well, then it must be right. All right. <laughs> what are some of the other uh, famous revolutionary well, bars? Well, some of the, uh, the Bunch of Grapes was a very, very famous bar. And the actual bunch of grapes that used to hang uh, outside is actually still preserved. It's in the it's in um, an archive somewhere. Some uh, somebody has that. There was something called the Dog and Pot, uh, and then there was something called the Good Woman, which is very sexist because it was a picture of a woman without her head. So she without her done, head. Without her head, the Good Woman. So those saying a way of saying the only Good Woman is one who doesn't talk. Doesn't talk. Yeah. Not Jeez. so nice. Not so nice. Not so nice. Not so nice. Uh, Can you but, tell us what it was like in those? Because that's important. Well, you mentioned it, the seats. Remember, there are no electric lights. Very dark, and it's only candlelit. Right. 
Well, a lot of them were uh, would have been um, kind of uh, close gels. It wasn't so much, I mean, they'd serve ale. They didn't have beer so much if the old-fashioned ale was served there. Rum was served there, but they'd also have something uh, called a flip where you would take a um, uh, a jar of ale, uh, excuse me, uh, of rum, and you stick a hot poker in it uh, and with an egg, and you create this and kind s- of and drink. Sugar. Yeah. I thought and it was sugar. beer. There's a lot of sugar. Beer, rum, and sugar, sp- and something else. Right, and, and they cook have, it with and a hot poker. It. They actually cook it with a hot poker. So that was that was an extremely popular drink in those days. Plus, um, so they and they'd have spices all over the place. So spices that hard cider. Hard cider was a big a big uh, thing back then. Part uh, and that's one of the things that they talk about. Johnny Appleseed um, spreading apples all over the New England area. Well, he wasn't. If there was an apples. If there were an app, uh, Johnny Appleseed, which there probably wasn't, uh, they were growing apples for hard cider, not so much for um, healthy snacks, but really <laughs> to make into cider because everybody drank it. It was considered better than the water. So with a little fermentation. Did they make regular old cider, like sweet cider? Or was um, it all hard they cider? Might, they might have, but I think the, the goal, they might have if you wanted to waste the apples that way. Okay. You could make it, but you, you mostly they wanted the hard cider. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Any others that are worth mentioning in the revolutionary well, they days? Didn't, they had Madeira. They they didn't drink very much wine in those days, but they did drink something called Madeira, and they drank a lot of punch. And there was a very popular punch called fishbowl punch, uh, which has rum, and there's a lot of different recipes for it. I, I think I made it once for a party. Um, is what there, you, can, you can look up on the Internet and find all kinds of recipes for it. But punch was a very big deal so if you go to someone's house they would have a big punch bowl and um that was the that was the cocktail of its day they didn't really do cocktails the way we think about it and they would have uh so they'd have this punch maybe madeira maybe a little kind of wine but rum of course uh but rum see some of this alcohol especially the ales was not very highly alcoholic not like it is today uh when rum came along that was considered um, the devil's drink. Because uh, it was uh, strong. It was, was stronger. And a, a lot of preachers, in fact, a lot of the famous preachers would say alcohol was a gift from God because it, it just made life better. Uh, a lot of sailors were paid in Greece. In Greece, said it was yeah. from God. It was, yes. They but said, he said he warned against the stuff you do with, once you get drunk. He warned against getting drunk, but he, but he also said a good drink was helpful because it, may, it warmed you up, sailors... Uh, endured a lot of terrible conditions because a lot of their pay was in grog or in uh, 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 certain amounts of, of rum that they would drink. Um, so that was kind of the conundrum of the early days of drinking in New England. Yes, liquor was a good thing. It was good for me. It was medicinal. It was considered very medicinal. You were sick. A little shot of liquor was good for you. But if you took it to excess, that was bad. So again, there's this kind of yin and yang or push or pull in Boston history. We want to enjoy our liquor, but not too much of it. So, uh, and that is kind of a theme that got played out um, throughout the history. Now, there's a map in here that kills me. I love it. And I know you love the history. The map shows what the streets look like in some detail at the time of the taverns of old Boston, the revolutionary time. Well, actually, this is 1800, so sort of. A little bit later. Yeah. What's really striking is that 
this is an accurate map. It even says the name of the people that lived there, whose house it was, and their drawings. And there are only eight places, all the way from Court Street, which is the government center, to Boylston Street, down Tremont. Only eight, which means they're very spread out. You had, up by Court Street, a, a man's house, then the cemetery, the, the uh, King's Chapel Cemetery, then the King's Chapel, which is still there, which is kind of cool, and it, it looks mm-hmm. just like that. Then a couple, then School Street. And now we see School Street, you know, packed with buildings, but there were only two houses there with a, with a fence. And then a house and garden of John Andrews. And then Winter Street, so that, that's on one corner of Winter Street, the other side of Winter Street, a man named Thompson, a man named Cole, a man named Ballard, then a farm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the tavern, it's the Mason Tavern. And then it says Haymarket Theater. There was a theater down at the corner of Boylston and Tremont. You know, a wooden, little wooden building. That's To me, that's fascinating. I think the condos were a lot less expensive in those days. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. yes. By the, we're talking about spirits. I understand that the Booze was um, regulated. The price of booze, and there was some. There were all kinds of attempts to regulate. Some stress over that. Well, there always was because again, in Boston history, there's this um, kind of push pull between uh, personal freedom and trying to control drunkenness. And drunkenness was an an issue and would would grow worse until you got up to the prohibition period. But the city uh, elders were always trying to keep it under control. And they would um, have put in some really strange laws, like they had um, some rule where you, instead of, you, you weren't allowed to buy one gallon of liquor, you had to buy 30 gallons of liquor at one time. And the idea was that no one would have the money to buy 30 gallons. I don't remember if it was exactly 30 gallons, but the idea was you couldn't buy just one, you had to buy 30 um, because that would be expensive and that would discourage people from buying it. Well, guess what? They would Every, band together. Everybody coughed up the money to buy that 30 gallons. So that uh, that did not work. Did not work. The days uh, are short. The weather's cold. By tavern fires, tales are told. Some ask for dram when first come in. Others with flip and bounce begin. You mentioned flip. Flip. That's the drink of, of beer or ale with rum, sugar. You said an egg and a May, they cook it with a hot poker. They put that a is, hot poker that in That is it. a labor-intensive drink. I, yeah. That would, you couldn't make very many of those. You've got to keep heating the poker. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if there was a place with a fireplace and you could get one really made with a real hot poker? I wanted to try. In the course of this, I wanted to try it. I wanted to try to make it, but I didn't. I don't have a poker, and I don't have a fireplace, so I There's couldn't gotta be some to pl- do it. That's just... Bars don't have enough fireplaces. That's a real no, beat, a beef no. for me. Yeah. I need a real pub has to have a fireplace. They do make flips. They do make these kind of things, but it's a modern it's a modern version gotta of it. Got to be made with a um poker. poker or it's no good. Then there's a thing called a bounce. Do you mm-hmm. remember what that is? Uh, I'd have to look that up. I think they they're kind of similar uh, there, but these were all kind of they're not I don't think they're anything that we drink today. They're more like um, uh, different things that uh, they put together different things. And and again, there was, a, I, I remember my editor questioning me. She said, putting in a raw egg, wouldn't that be unsanitary? Wouldn't that, you know, and I, it, I had explained to her, I don't think they were thinking in those terms in those days that actually 
that they worried so much about an egg not being cooked. Um, that right. was just not a problem. It wasn't a very sanitary it. world at all. No. But, the, you know, the, but the there's, something, there's something interesting about eggs. So if you don't wash them, um, you can keep them out of a refrigerator. I learned that recently. I don't understand. In other words, if you wash an egg, it takes out some sort of protective bacteria or something in the outside. And so you have to refrigerate it to keep them from going stale. But if you go to, thir- like, I, we'd go to Mexico all the time. We always bought eggs, and they were never refrigerated. And we never had any problems with that. We you didn't know, drink the water, but we could eat the eggs. I just happened to look in the back, and mm-hmm. I didn't notice this in my preparation. It says, the Boston Spy. What was the Boston Spy? It was a newspaper. Oh, it was right. a newspaper during the day. There were a lot of little newspapers uh, during that time. All right. And I guess it's time to move up a little bit in, in our time frame. Where do you like to go next? I mean, you don't want to go all the way to Prohibition, or do you? Well, um, I I would just like to talk about the golden age of this of the saloon. I mean, okay. that was one of the things that was uh, going on in Boston um, during that period uh, from about the 1860s right up to Prohibition, and that was where you had um, uh, the saloon was the place where the working man would go um, to have a meal and have a beer. Um, you know the expression free lunch and there's no free lunch? Well, yep. um, they would actually serve a lot of food, free food in these taverns, but it would be very, very salty, very salty. So you'd have, to, um, you'd have to drink a lot to make up for it. And the saloons um, were places where a lot of the politicking went on, too. And this, is when, this was the period when cocktails emerged. You, that, start, you know, uh, before Prohibition, a lot of people say think cocktails. I oh, thought the Moscow Mule was the first one. No, no, it had to do with no, the, no, the no. booze was so horrible during Pro- Prohibition. No, 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 see, that's one of the mythologies. No, no, no. Um, no, the cocktails were developed um, 1860s. Um, there were already guidebooks on how to make uh, wonderful cocktails. In fact, there's um, um, something called the Blue Blazer that was uh, invented early on in which you pour, uh, you, you, you set the booze on fire and pour it from glass to glass and then drink it. Um, it's uh, one of the early um, manuals of the time shows someone making a blue baser with the, with the fire uh, on, on the cover. So this was a period where um, there was a lot of interest in, in using different kinds of liquors, putting them together, putting them together with different ingredients um, it was way before Prohibition, and what happened is that there were many bartenders at that time that who were very skilled and had their own following. Um, and this is where I think what was came about the cocktail that is associated with Boston, and this is something called the Ward Eight. And even today, a lot of bars know this, knows know what a Ward Eight is. But the story is that it was invented in, in uh, about in the uh, 1898 um, uh, to honor a guy named Martin Lomazny. Now, Martin Lomazny was a politician, and there's a Lomazny way. Um, and supposedly it was created to celebrate him uh, because he was uh, about to win a victory because he was a Democratic candidate. Um, and it's basically a whiskey sour with grenadine put in it. So Award eight? Ward eight is is that's a that is a Boston drink and that well, was invented in Boston, and it was very popular here for a long time. Very popular before. Thing is, uh, during this during this time, this golden age of the of the saloon, um, people drank sweeter drinks. There was a lot of there were a lot of drinks with orange juice, 
We're having fun on this Friday morning with Stephanie Woo-hoo. Stephanie Shoro talking about, well, the, a history of drinking the city of Boston and its spirits. The book is Drinking Boston, A History of the City and Its Spirits. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about saloons. What was the, the how was a saloon physically different uh, than the early earlier pubs of 75 years prior? Well, the the saloons generally Bigger? didn't have they generally didn't have chairs. No they chairs. D- they generally did not have chairs in there. They just tried to pack people in. They did have a bar under the you had the your bar, but then you had like a brass rail, I should call it a brass rail underneath the bar. And the idea was that it was used as a kind of a um uh, war- early warning system if the if the if the gentleman was m- managing to not hit that brass rail and was kind of falling off of it time to cut them off would they really cut people off back then i can't see it what do they I care think nobody's I, driving um they probably would if they were running out of money all right running out of money is one they're thing. running if they're if they're drinking a lot and they're starting to run out of money because remember um they would come in and maybe spend their whole paycheck right if they finished their paycheck <laughs> you know that would be i can it. see them Letting the guy drink until he's face down on the floor and hauling him out of there. What do they care? There's no drinking and driving. Yeah. Horses would not crash. Well, but people did get accident. Would have accident horses, but they didn't have. They. But you're right. They didn't, um, generally speaking, uh, drive to these bars. They walked to these bars. In fact, there's still some old bars. The dot, the dot uh, tavern, I think, in uh, Dorchester. Um, you won't find any parking around, and a lot of the old bars didn't have any parking about it because the idea was you walk to it right. from your house, and you would sometimes you would take what they call a growler, which was a I, pail of oh, beer, yeah. and take that home. So, so it was really part of the a whole. Growler. Yeah, growler was really part of the whole neighborhood. So yeah, no, they didn't have a lot of parking. Um, so you can still get like growlers that. at brew pub. Uh, yeah, uh, they 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 can. In fact, um, Ipswich Ale. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, they yeah. get they sell growlers. Yeah, growlers, yeah. Well, there's um, where I work. Um, there's a trillions going in sooner or later, and we're all looking forward to the growlers that they might have there. Six one seven two five four ten thirty. If anybody wants to join us, uh, in the book there's um, a picture. Oh, I need to go back one one notch to revolutionary times. What did they drink out of? There was no glassware. Didn't do glassware. They did mostly a, a tin or some sort of pewter pewter cups, ceramic cups, leather. Uh, I have not heard that there was leather. No, I believe no, because that would be too hard to wash. No, it would be mostly, it would be mostly the pewter or the um, ceramic, like a, a ceramic. Of, there were ceramic mugs back in those days. They had a, quite a uh, production of that. So, uh, but not so much glass. All right. So we go back to um, come up to the saloon period of time, and neither at revolutionary times or saloon times were really. A time when women would go to any of these places. No, all no. men, completely. Usually all men. Usually, although there were a fair amount of women who would take over a bar after their husband died. So there was a number of women who actually ran the bars. But you didn't really have women going to bars. That was not considered really seemly. Um, so that only emerged with uh, during Prohibition. During Prohibition, women started to go to speakeasies. And um, after... Prohibition was lifted. They just continued to go to bars. But that that kind of, ironically enough, by banning people from bars, more women would go to bars with, um, it was kind of adventure with their friends or just with their boyfriends or husbands. Um, and so after Prohibition, uh, m- it was just more accepted to have women in bars. 
Now, was Boston a rum town, and did that mean a lot of the drinks that people would have were rum? And we had well, the molasses we had the, here. We had, we had the molasses here, yeah. Well, we had something called Old Medford Rum, which was manufactured in um, Medford, my whole hometown, um, for a number number of decades until it was um, until it kind of fell out. But yeah, the rum that an Old Medford Rum, which has been revived, by the way. But yeah, the, Medford, the, you know, the names. Yeah, they bring back. it back. A cool but, label. But it was considered, it was very potent. And and people would say, you have a couple glasses of that, and you you were talking about being done for the night. You were checking you out. Done, you were checking out. So it was it was quite renowned for its uh, potency. So, yeah, I believe it was, uh, there was a bit of, uh, there was a rum period here. Uh, uh, and then a shot and a beer. That was a big thing. Shot and a beer. Boiler a maker. boiler maker. Boiler Do maker. you like boiler makers? Um, no, I, have, I can't do. say, I can't say I, okay. I really indulge in those, but, but someone, those were very popular. Someone told You're me. not allowed anymore, by the way. You're um, not? That, you're, I don't think you can have not a, allowed shot, a, boiler a maker? shot, shot in a beer. You're not supposed to have a shot in a beer anymore. That's trying a, to control. Well, you know, we don't have happy hour either here. No. Boston does not have happy hour. Do you think hour, they should so. have happy hour? I don't think we need it. No. I think we're happy enough. Yeah. No, I, I think the half price happy drink, enough. Well, I think half price drinks when you have a large student population, you yeah. would probably be asking for a little bit of trouble there. Okay. Now the Warren Tavern. Someone said, Oh, that's an original from uh, Revolutionary Times. That's not true, right? No, it came after the revolution. It was like eighteen eighteen forties. But it is That's believe, pretty good, right? But it's pretty good. It's the old old as far as I can tell, and people may disagree with me, but it's the oldest bar that is still in the same location. Same you know? location and same building. Same yeah, the real same deal. Bu- yeah, same you walk on like the, the bell and, and the, same the bell and floor. hand is you might say that's the oldest bar name and that's because that started um, very, like in the 1700s and then moved to one location, then yeah. moved to another location. So it's the same name, but it's not in the same spot. It's not the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Same it's a nice na- bar. It's a really nice place. Same but, name doesn't yeah. do it for me. Yeah. But I think the Warren Tavern. The, War- the Warren Tavern. I do have to throw in, speaking of old, but I just got to do this before we're, we're gone, is Doyle's. Oh, yes. I am, I just because I'm bereft. I don't know if you Doyle's heard this, folks. Are, some sad, sad news. Yeah. Doyle's, Doyle's is, is supposedly closing, or it's closing in Jamaica Plain. And the reason I say that is because this is a bar that really captures that old tradition of being in the neighborhood bar. The the just it's worth a visit. Get there before it closes. Just the walls alone are worth a visit. It has so much history on the walls. Pictures and maps and just amazing photographs. They have an original James Michael Curley letter. Signed by the, the, you know, the Rascal King himself on the walls. Photo of Ted, Ted Kennedy kind of stumbling, yeah. stumbling out the door. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, a number of Kennedy pictures. Um, an old um, uh, phone booth. Uh, it, it, it just, it's just a marvelous. But you go in there and you just really sense the history. And they have really good food, too. So I'm, I'm just really sad. Because it really, it really captures that old feeling of the neighborhood bar. Not a trendy place. Not... A hip joint, but just where you go for a, a good meal and a and a beer or two, and to meet your friends. One thing that was kind of bumming me out is I believe that when they do beer tours, they stop yeah. there yeah. And, and a bus will show up. Yeah, that doesn't seem you know. Yeah, it, there's a there's a whole pub crawls are a big thing now. Yeah, and um, I know I I kind of took some people myself on it. We went we went from um, oh what did we went to we went to some. Different place. We went to Jacques, which is Jacques, uh, Jacques is the gay bar. Gay bar, yeah. Over so there, it has a kind of a history. Right, yeah. 
It's, which has been there a long, at least long time, like yeah. the 70s. Yeah, there and then past the site of the Coconut Grove. We went to Jacob Wirth, who is no more as well. Yeah. And then I think we ended up at Marley Ev. Um, so, yeah, but, but pub crawls are, you know, I suppose that's not the, uh, you know, I guess it's some touristy aspects to it. But at the same time, there's just such a sense of history in some of these places. Yeah. And I just hate to see it go. Back to Jacob Wirth. As you mentioned, it was gone. I was fortunate enough to go just before it went. It features pretty heavily in your book, and there's a spectacular yeah. photo that's really old yeah. of these dudes sitting out. It's like 1850 or something. Yeah, well, it was like it was like a beer. It was like a fo- focused on a, being a beer tavern and a German German restaurant. A German restaurant. And you know, the thing about we don't know is that Boston was um, quite a place for beer uh, manufacturing um, in. JP along the Stony Brook uh, River, there were a number of breweries. And, you know, back in the day, um, Faf, um, oh, there was um, the, the one where, where Sam Adams is now, was a, an originally a, a, a brewery. Um, and in those days, and we're talking about 1860s, it was before sort of refrigeration. So you take the beer and you just bring it to your, you'd sell it in, to bars within the city and they drink it right away. And the thing about um, these this time uh, is that it was a very popular brew. The Germans really perfected a lot of the art of brewing uh, different kinds of ales and beers. And Boston, from my calculations, and this is my math, so maybe that's a little bit suspect, but my math that um, uh, Boston had more breweries per capita, per population, than New York or even Milwaukee because they were all concentrated in this one area. And Prohibition killed them, basically killed them all. So um, another one that Bear's talking about, which is gone, there's another, there's another one by the same, sort of the same name, McGreevy's Third Base, oh, which yes. looks great in the photo. It has a, it had a clock in there with a baseball bat, as a pendulum. Mm-hmm. It was a, quite a thing. What can you tell McGreevy's us about that? McGreevy's was probably the, the, if not the first, was one of the most prominent sports bars in Boston history. And um, it featured um, all sorts of memorabilia that uh, Grievy, Nuff said. He was called Nuff said Grievy, McGreevy, because people would get into arguments and he'd slam his fist on the bar and say, okay, Nuff said. And so that was his name uh, and the way he controlled the people in his bar. But um, there were baseball bats that were used as lights. Um, There was photographs. Uh, He had uh, all kinds of material that he collected from um, his players. Now, here's the interesting thing about McGreevy is that he had all these amazing photographs, all these amazing photographs of the Red Sox. He was with the uh, Red Sox Rooters, uh, an original club. So he would uh, actually lead his 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 uh, band of uh, fans down to uh, Fenway. First, uh, actually, not before there was a Fenway um, in the old – with. Red Sox used to play uh, actually near the bar. And um, he was he was very well known for that. He used to hang out with uh, mayor, the mayors, the, the politicians of the day. But he saw that prohibition was coming, so he closed up the bar. And but what he did was he donated his photos of the Red Sox to the Boston Public Library. And so you can see them on the Boston Public Library's Flickr site. So he gave a gift to the city of all these old pictures of players in Fenway. Um, so uh, he was he was a, he was an amazing fellow. I wish I could have 
met him and hung out with him. There's a there's a reproduction of McGreevy's on Boylston Street. Yeah. And so it captures that feeling. It isn't again, it isn't the same, but they're no. they're they're reproducing as best they a lot, can as best they can what was in the bar. Now, now Dropkick Murphy's the band. I mean they they did the song Tessie, which is featured yes. in your book here. Right. Which is related to McGreevy's. Mm-hmm. Is it do Dropkick Murphy's own the new McGreevy's? They are, I believe they're investors in it. I see. I believe they're investors in it. I don't believe they own it per se. Actually, a story about Dropkick Murphy. There was a Dropkick oh, Murphy. Oh, yeah. He lived yeah. out in West, um, yeah. like Acton. Yeah. And there's a story about him that was uh, from the newspaper that's framed and is on the um, wall of Doyle's. There's so, actually a book coming out about Dropkick Murphy, the man. Yeah. Uh, is that El- Emily Sweeney? Yep. Sweeney's book? Yeah. yeah. She's And she's, uh, I, I think she might try to make it into a movie. Well, everyone everyone's trying to make their book. A, in but that might be a good movie. And yeah. he was a Dropkick Murphy uh, was a guy who took drunks out there and dried them out. Dried them out. All yeah. right, let's yeah. break. It's WBZ. I need to talk to you. What have you two been talking about behind my back? Hey, you've got to tune to Bradley J. Bradley J. J. Talking. WBZ News Radio 1030. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, soldier. Do you know who's in command here? Yeah. We gotta talk. Well, when can we talk? Over there is a very capable radio. 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 Get me someone on the other end of that radio. It's Bradley J. You know. Bradley J. J. Talking. You hear him talking on your radio. I can hear you. WBZ News Radio 1030. One more segment with Stephanie Shoro. Drinking Boston, the history of the city and its spirits. Talking about not only the bars and the taverns and the pubs. But the social aspect of it as well. A couple honorable mentions. Union Oyster House does have a bar, even though it is a restaurant. And the bar itself is really old and worth mentioning mm-hmm. that the bar has been there since 1826. The bar meaning the physical thing you lean right. on. And I was there 10 days ago, and there was this controversy over The bar is sloped. It slopes down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people, the, the patrons were thinking, thinking that it was just old and got saggy. But I, I said, no, I, I can't buy that. I don't buy that. And I and I was right. But I don't know why. I, I guess because it was a standing bar maybe, but it slopes down. If When they put food on it, on the backside of the plate, they have to put like three coasters to keep the thing even. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know the uh, the owner of it, who is a more, a more recent owner, has filled it with a lot of incredibly interesting antiques and um, memorabilia. So, um, I, I mean, I would go there for the oysters but I, uh, and a drink, but I also take the time to look around. And it, just the way it's constructed. I mean, you get a feeling of an old place. The booths have, booth. this, uh, have the, yeah. small, the thin wainscoting yeah. with this yeah. cream-colored paint and a nice maroonish red, I believe. It, it seems really It's been a while old. since I've been there, but yeah. But, there, but, but it's... it's, it's, it's it's a tourist place, but it's a neat tourist place. You if know? you get lucky, you can have a good experience. Yes. Well, and then and if you don't like it, you go to the Bell and, you know, the ha- Bell and Hand, Bell and which Hand is, is nearby. Is a, 
for me, way too loud, and they playing the music too loud. Uh. It's just not what I would like it to be. I would like it to feel revolutionary, and it mm-hmm. feels spring breaky. Well, I don't. <laughs> well, I wish in general. I'm going to put this out to the universe that in restaurant, generally in restaurants, don't play music so loud. No kidding. It's terrible. And you can't talk. How about this? Yeah. Get the TVs out of there. Yeah. I have a oh, TV at home. Yeah. yeah. I don't need a TV. I didn't right. go to a bar to watch a TV. Yeah. Some people do, I guess. If it's a sports bar, that's one thing. Right. Another honorable mention, and it's gone now, and uh, the late, great La Cobra. Ah, uh, yes. Was a place yeah. where older guys and women would have starched white aprons and pour you a martini the old-fashioned way, and mm-hmm. you'd get a little car, a little sidecar there mm-hmm. on ice, and you could smoke a cigar as... As late as to about 2000, you yeah. can smoke a cigar, cigar at the bar. There. And I used to go every Friday night and do that. Well, I went there for research during this, and I wanted to, to order a Ward 8 there because that was where the Ward 8 was allegedly um, invented at Lockovers. And so I went there and um, had the Ward 8. It wasn't really all that good, but it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. And um, I snapped a picture of it with my phone. And it was just a little bit after that that they closed. So it's like I feel like I have this piece you of history. You stole a little piece of it. A little history. I have a, I have a picture of a Ward 8 at Lockovers, and I don't know if there's anything like that um, in existence. So I tell that to my uh, – when I do my talks, I say, if you're ever doing research, take lots of pictures because you yeah. never know. You never know. It's like It's like collecting – Comic books. Don't let your mother throw them out because you never you know never when know. they'll be. Yeah. And since you could smoke in that place and it was so old, the wallpaper had this tobacco patina on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what else about it? I guess that's it. When there was Yvonne. Yvonne is the picture Yvonne's of the, there. The, yeah. And she, I think she's still there. And I think they've named a restaurant right. Yvonne's, Yvonne's after her. And it's yeah. really, Yvonne yeah. scares me. I go in there and it makes, I'm afraid. It's so upscale looking and swish. Oh. I I'm think you'd blend, especially you got a, He's got a nice suit and tie on right now. You guys should see him. That's right. He'd blend a, this right is in. a rare event. Rare occasion, <laughs> but he, you would okay. blend. You would blend. Now, <laughs> anything else? We only have four minutes. Uh, socially speaking, oh, speakeasies. Mm-hmm. Any speakeasies left? Now, the red hat is supposedly a speakeasy, right? Well, the, you know what do you what do you mean by speakeasy? Is it it doesn't like there are a lot of bars that don't have a sign outside. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a place in Davis Square that um, you have to kind of know where it is and go downstairs. There's a place. What's in, that? What's that? I think it's called, called Saloon, something like that. Okay. I forget the name because because it isn't displayed very prominently, but you can find okay. it. Um, even um, drink in South Boston, you kind of have to know where it is. But are there any down. from the twenties? From no. Pro- Prohibition time? I heard. No. I heard the red hat. Well, was. well, okay, maybe. Let's put it this way. Foley's operated all through the twi- all through Prohibition. When, oh, wow. I asked, when I asked Jerry Foley how he did it, he wouldn't tell me. He said, we just stayed open. Well, how did he do that? He just stayed open. So he's talking about his, his grandfather, I think, at that point. So they yeah. stayed over. So that was around. So any bar, like Jacob Worth served a low-alcohol beer during Prohibition. That's how they stayed around. Wow. So. All right. Well, I, I guess we're done uh We've covered everything. So I can go get a cocktail now? I don't know where you're going to go. You know where you can go if you got a lot of money is right over to the uh, casino. Oh, yeah. It's right over oh, there. Yeah. 
If you I have, was there the other week. I what, wanted to try, track it out. It, check it out. In 30 seconds, what what were your impressions? You say you went there. Uh, it was very gaudy and surreal. I mean, it had some weird um, juxtapositions like red, blood red chandeliers with uh, mosaic tiles. But the rest of it was just like a casino. Uh, there wasn't... I've been to Vegas, so uh, it was kind of like that. Too many... Too many um, many slot machines oh god games yeah. fields and fields of gigantic yeah. slot machines yeah thanks a lot stephanie Sharo, drinking boston a history of the city and its spirits yay, yay. what are you gonna have for a cocktail let me guess a manhattan a manhattan all right of course. hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.